What's up, what's up, what's going on? What's good, fam? Another week, We Could Be Wrong podcast, episode three. It was a big weekend. There was a little bit of everything. There was uh, some NFL football, college football, uh, some Mavs games happened over the weekend. First back-to-back. Uh, first back-to-back uh, games for, for the Mavs this season. Uh, we had a little bit of boxing. Uh, but we're going to start with the elephant in the room. Of course, you got to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Had the Vikings visiting in uh in AT&T Stadium last night. Prime time. Yeah. What you think? It was it was a good game. I ain't going to lie. It was a good game. I I wish they were the one, but it was a good game. It started not so bad. I mean, not so good. Um, we have a tendency of starting slow. Um, you know, we had momentum coming from the Giants game leading up to leading up for this game. Kirk Cousins hasn't beat Dak Prescott since he's been in the league. So I expected not a quarterback battle, but I expected, um, the only thing really that, that kind of scared me. Or I had concern, not scared me. I, I had concern was Dalvin Cook, because oh, if you look at um, last was it against Green Bay, we couldn't stop the run. The Dallas Cowboys have has a tendency of when you have a decent running back, a decent run game, uh, they exploit it, and and they attack the defensive line of the Cowboys. And yesterday. Dalvin Cook, he showed why he's leading the league in rushing. Yeah, well, I'll say the first half of the game, it was just him by himself taking on the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, it really was. You know, they knew they had the the best rusher right now, so why not? Why not? Uh, why not hand the ball off to him and see what he can do? That's what they did. Um, I'm pretty sure they went in. Thinking the same thing, thinking um, let's feed them the ball and let's see if they can stop the run. But we already know how that went. Didn't go as good. Um, Kirk Cousins had 220 yards, two touchdowns. He was 23 for 32 in, uh, in passing attempts. He averaged 6.9 yards per attempt. He took one sack. Dalvin Cook had 26 carries for 97 yards. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry, one touchdown. Seven receptions for 86 yards. He was killing it. Averaged about 12.3 yards per catch. He was killing us. Yeah. He was killing us bad. Um, I wish we had a, a little bit more. We were a little bit more aggressive on defense. We weren't as aggressive as we came off as, off of the Giants game, but... But uh, it wasn't our best game, to be honest. Uh, as far as stopping the run, stopping our our defense was out there too much. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't give really a chance to breathe to 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 be able to come in full force because they were out there majority of the time. Um, they were they were running the ball down our throats all night long, all night long. Um, 
Kyle Rudolph made one of the best catches I've seen in a long bro. time. That one-handed catch, bro, was was pretty bad. Pretty badass. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, even though uh, it was uh, it was pretty close to being out, but for him to stretch out, stretch him out, and uh, and be able to pull that off, it was pretty, it was pretty insane. Uh, the final score was twenty four twenty eight. It was kind of close. Uh, typical story of the Cowboys. We usually pick it up in the in the second half. In the second half, we usually come back with more momentum. Who knows what's said in the locker room? Who knows what's said in the locker room, but I'll tell you what. Somebody needs to put some respect on Dak Prescott's name because that dude was balling last night. He was balling, man. I mean, just, just to be able to the, – the run game was not working. The running game did not work, dude. He at was, all. At all. Like, I mean, I know he's had bad games, but, but this has been the by far the worst yeah, game I've ever seen. I saw I saw him keep getting, feed, uh, keep getting fed the ball, and he was going nowhere, bro. He was going nowhere. They were uh, stopping him for anything he did. They, I don't understand why they kept doing it, too. It wasn't working. I, w- I wish they would have thrown Tony Pollard out there a, cu- a couple more times just to see what he would do, yeah. see what kind of different looks he would give you. Um, but, you know, you, when you got a talent as much as Zeke back there, you want to feed him the ball. And may- maybe he'll catch some momentum. He'll get in a groove and maybe uh, break off a few tackles. And But he wasn't breaking off anything. Bro, he rushed for 47 yards all night. 20 carries. For 47 yards. Nah. That was bad. He averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Two yards. But on the other hand, Dak threw for 397 yards. Oh, yeah. He averaged eight yards per attempt. He had three touchdowns. He took a sack. He had one interception, but that was late at the game. You know, hell Mary. You know, he, he risked it. Another person balling was Amari Cooper. One thing about Amari... Now that you're starting to see him more uh, more closely for us Cowboy fans, Dallas fans, uh, that dude is tough, man. He, uh, he, he plays through injuries. He really wants to be out there. He knows what he means to this team. And he, he was balling, man. He was balling. He had 11 receptions for 147 yards, 13.4 yards per catch. He had a touchdown. He was doing it all. He was doing it all, and I... I can't say enough good things about Amari. When he was traded for, when he was traded here, he I think he had to, at that time he was leading the the league in uh, drop passes. Uh, but if you know Amari from Alabama, Amari from his early years in Oakland, for him for a talent like that to come to the Cowboys, you you only expected great things. Some people may. Uh, um, Criticize him for for dropping balls and stuff, but when you have a decent quarterback or a good quarterback to throw to him, um, he he'll make it work. And for Dak and Amari to have that connection, that that chemistry together, um, it's just made for these type of games, especially in the passing. You know, because when you uh, one thing about the Cowboys, we're a run first team. Um, the good thing is that today. I believe, and and the Vikings are not a bad team. Um, th- he shows, and he showed that when the when the run game isn't working, he'll be able to keep cool, keep calm, and and bro, he was a general out there sc- scouting de- uh, scouting defenses, telling this guy do this, do that, run back. 
he was doing it all last night. He was doing everything he could. He did everything possible for for the Cowboys to win. It came down to the last drive. And, I mean, you're out of timeouts. You kind of limited on what to do. Randall Cobb also did his thing yesterday. Yeah. He was doing good. Six receptions for 106 yards. 17.7 yards per catch, one touchdown. Gallup had a touchdown, four receptions, 76 yards. So I think, I think actually last night's game had uh, some of the best passing game that we, was, we've seen all year. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody was getting targeted. Uh, majority of the team uh, was getting targeted. Dak just had to – he just had to be – that dude, to he knew he see he saw. I'm giving it to this dude, and, and, and well Zeke, and he can't do anything with it. He's not doing anything. They're targeting him. Any everything and anything he does is not gonna work. It's not working. It's not working. So I gotta do something else. And him and Kellen Moore, uh, just going back and forth on what to do, executing, executing. I feel like he's getting more uh, comfortable spreading the ball around. Using uh, Jarwin uh, yesterday, I, I I thought that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, uh, uh, Jason Witten is only going to give you so much. The good thing is that he's always open. So as long as you have him, if you're looking for yards after the catch, you throw in Jarwin. And when you're just looking for that first down, you you, you have five yards to go, big fundamental, he's always going to be there. That's what's good about having uh, multiple tight ends that you can use them for different scenarios. Um but Kyle Rudolph, speaking of tight ends, Kyle Rudolph had four receptions for 14 yards, two touchdowns, and a, and a two-point conversion. Yeah, so, you know, they were doing uh, the thing. That boy, that boy was showing out yesterday. Yeah, he was showing out yesterday. But Dalvin Cook was the problem the whole night. For him to come back from uh, from a horrible, la- horrible season last season, you know, I had him in my fantasy last season. That was horrible. And, and, I, and I picked him specifically it, for – for seasons like this, yeah, he's had a season like this before, and and I and I chose him, and it, and it didn't work out. He was hurt, and never did I expect him to come right back and just be killing it all over again. That comes to show you what what kind of a player he really is, yeah, and what he can do. You see a former friend in the game, Dan Bailey, two for two. Oh yeah, I, I was about to say, man. They, whenever I saw, that, whenever I saw that that field goal in the opening, in the opening drive by the Cowboys. I was like, bro, I yeah. bet you, I bet you, Dan Bailey's just looking at him, smiling. Yeah, that, I was like, that really, to me, to be honest, that was one of the things that um, that cost us the game. Yeah, that's one of the things. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, that was what it was a 57 yard field goal. Yeah, it's not easy. Look, because final score is 24-28. Um, we needed a touchdown just to get ahead. With that, with that field goal being made, we're, you don't need to go we, for a for yeah, a we, touchdown. We would we would have been good with a field goal. with a field goal. Yeah. So if he makes that, that changes everything in the game. Yeah. So Brett Maher was one for two. Could have scored. Sadly, sadly, Maher. You know, I like the dude. I like him, but I do like him too. But I, we all know he he's not it. Nah, he he's not it. He is inconsistent as inconsistent as you can be. Yeah. Um, it's pressure, you know. You had you come in replacing a, a a legend and a captain and Dan Bailey for the Cowboys, and it's a lot of pressure, you know. But it's been a little while already since you've been there. You've you know it what um, what's expected of you here. 
and no, I think this offseason we're we're definitely definitely looking they to need, get a new kicker. They need to definitely need a new kicker because this I, the, the I want to say his uh, his inability to to complete on field goals uh, has affected almost almost every game. Because what was it? Was it also with uh, the Saints? For what? That he missed? He's missed all year. He's on and off. He's, uh, he hasn't been consistent with what he does. Every time there's a field goal being made, I'm nervous. But I'm not, to be honest, I'm not as nervous when it comes down to uh, 50-yard field goals. I feel like he's better with distance than he is close distance. Um, he's made, I think, 67-yard field goal. I could be lying, but no, it was pretty far. He has a record of kicking it from, from far. Uh, I want to say 67 yards. I, I could be wrong. No pun intended. Um, but at the half, just at the half alone, uh, Dalvin Cook had nine carries, 27 yards. Five receptions, 79 yards. Zeke had 12 carries, 37 yards. One reception for four yards. So, you know, they, you can tell they were trying to get Zeke involved. Um, and it just wasn't working. And I feel like you lost uh, you lost possession. You lost a lot of uh, uh, attempts trying to overfeed him. Yeah. When there was better plays, that, especially that last play. That, oh, that yeah. last play, Amari Cooper was open. He was open, but they wanted to give it to Zeke and him have it and, and him at least uh, make up for the whole game. That would have pretty much made up for the whole game if he would have gotten at least something, you know. But he, but he doesn't need to. For what? I I want to say they're just trying to feed him as much as possible because he's gotten paid. Yeah. And you know, but I feel like you don't need to. You need to just uh, get what you can out of him, and when it's not working, well, you go a second round. Um, as far as uh, as far as pushing the ball on him, yeah, all, every game, all game. Yeah, because you have to spread the ball around. Obviously, you see what uh, what kind of offense we can show when you spread the ball around. Um, I just feel like having that run game would have elevated our offense just to the extreme. Like you would probably would have seen some of the best offensive football just just on having that. Uh, uh, that run game to rely on and being able to play action off of Zeke and just spreading the ball around. I think it would have made it much easier for us, uh, even though we had a, a, an outstanding game in the offensive side. But the one thing that was kind of um, suspect in a way in the red zone, Cowboys won for three. The Vikings were three for five. So, you know, um, they were killing us in the red zone. They did better than us in the red zone. Do you know that the the Cowboys did not have not one first down rushing the ball? Damn. Zero. The, the Vikings had nine rushing first downs. We had none. They, had, they were one for one off of fourth down. We were 0 for two. So the run game was completely canceled. This game, completely, completely canceled. Dak showed out. Dak needs to get paid, in my opinion. I heard, I heard a a, a, a small 
little uh, evaluation, if you want to call it, or a small comment about what it is holding the Cowboys back. And every in going into the season, it was um, is Dak Prescott a, a franchise quarterback? And they said that that you don't know. That's why you don't know if you want to pay him. There's so many questions uh, at this at this point in his career and at this point of the season. Um, they don't know, but yesterday shows you when everything goes wrong, he can carry a team and and create something out of nothing. Um, but they said that Jason Garrett can only take you so far. He's only going to take you so far. And and it may be time. I mean, we've known this. It may be time for a new coaching change. Most likely that will happen this offseason. I could only imagine what this offense turns into when you have an offensive head coach, an offensive genius of a head coach, just mixed in with the personnel that we already have on defense. What they need to work on is stopping the run because you have Detroit coming. They don't have; they're not known for much rushing. You don't have a a. a a running back that stands out because you have New England, they have Sonny Michelle. After that, you don't really have anybody that stands out that really has a you've already faced the the most dangerous in our schedule uh running backs. You had uh Aaron Jones for Green Bay, Alvin Kamara in the Saints, and then you had um Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. Then we have the Rams in December. To me, to be honest, I uh, I don't fear the Rams because they're inconsistently bad. I mean, not inconsistently. They're consistently bad. They are bad. At the time they have right now, they have the same record as the Cowboys. And you're talking about elite talent over there. I mean, we do too, but they're coming off uh, a Super Bowl. Yeah. They have a better coach. Uh, they have a Hall of Fame, in my eyes, uh, defensive coach. So, but the only thing that kind of, let me ask you this. Do you think Dak is a better quarterback than Jared Goff? Keep this in mind. Before I, you answer, I, I want to say they're almost, almost even. I want to say at the time, right now, as of right this season, this season, Prescott's a little bit better. Yeah, because he's elevating. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but he doesn't have somebody in his ear telling him everything he needs to know. No, yeah, yeah. No, Be- because for, it, it, for he, what he's able to, what he's able to done this year with the coaching that he's been having for the past three years that has been trash. Mm-hmm. I want to say he's been improving a lot. At first, he's, at the beginning of the season, I was like, bro, bro, you you talked me into believing in Dak <laughs> with the first three wins. And after they started losing, I was like, nah. But no, I, I, I could actually see the improvement. I could actually see the improvement and I could recognize that 
He's a good quarterback. Yeah, he is. And and you you got to say he's with everything that you just said with the lack of coaching and everything, uh he's uh his wins and his uh his trajectory is more impressive than than um than uh Jared Goff. And Jared Goff right now is the highest paid. So I believe Dak needs to get paid in my opinion. He needs to get paid and you go away from from uh I like Justin Garrett, to be honest. I've seen him motivate the team and, and he's a good guy and everything. I but just feel like we're 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 stagnant. We're we're staying still. We're swimming in place. We don't we're not we're yeah. not we're not uh, uh we need to evolving. Evolve. We need to evolve. Yeah, Definitely. we're not evolving. We need to evolve. I feel like the Cowboys have been running the ball the same way for the past It's average. Three years and they do the play after play after play. Last last drive last night was the same play. Use Zeke, use Zeke, use Zeke. Run, yeah. run, pass to Zeke. Yeah. I mean, we we out uh, in receiving yards, we had 397. They had 220. They just killed us on that on that, uh, yeah. on that rushing. On the rushing, we rushed for 50 yards all game. Yeah. They rushed for 153 yards. Yeah. So, you know, that's... Um, it worked for them. It definitely did work for them. It wasn't in our favor. We did everything we could to come back. It wasn't our night, and that's not a bad loss. It's not a it, bad I, loss. I I, I, it, I said it was a good game. It was a good game. It was a a bittersweet. It was bittersweet because we lost, but you saw you saw something in that in that game that makes you um, happy for for what's to come. What, what uh. What they can do when they face adversity, when their backs are against the wall, and what they're willing to do to try to get out of it. Um, we face Detroit next week. I believe that's a noon game. Matthew Stafford is hurt. I don't think he's coming back. I'm pretty positive he won't be playing. Um, I think he has a fracture in his back. So that's pretty serious. So he won't be there. Um, so I expect the Cowboys to come back and uh, not only come back but I one have to see a better defense with the run game two I need to see more from Zeke and I still believe Zeke is the best running back in the league everybody has to everybody has a bad game and just because he had a bad game does not mean he's uh, the reason for all the losses that we've had um thus far but i just i've been saying and i'm continue saying that the guy that i have the most faith in is the guy holding the ball every time it's number four i think that proves to you i've already said it and i believed it since the get-go that this is dax team some people may may disagree with me and say this is zeke's team because they say we go as zeke goes but and to be honest, I feel like this is Dak's team. He proved it yesterday, and he's proved it time and time again. But yesterday was a clear um, view, and and he showed you what he's capable of and what he can do when everything is going against him. And not off to the best start, but can give you a glimpse of what is, is to come and what he can do. Next we have the Mavericks. They had their first back-to-back, their first back-to-back uh, games of the season. 
They played the Knicks on Friday. They played the Knicks on Friday, and I believe I was expecting a lot. You know, they've had a few days off. They came back. Uh, they were at home. They were at home. You know, Chris Stapps playing his old team. Uh, I would have loved to see Dennis Smith Jr. come back, come back and uh, and and play his old team. But from what I had read leading up to these games, um, I had read that he wasn't going to be able to make the trip. He wasn't going to be able to be here, which would have been kind of nice to see uh, to see what he can do. But Luka Doncic, you can't say. Uh, enough things about him he's still young keep that in mind he's still young but he still had 38 points 14 rebounds 10 assists another triple double the dude is he's nice but from what i saw in the previous game from chris dasforzingas i've been saying we paid this dude a lot of money to come here because we saw what he did in New York. What he did in New York, he was spectacular. He was named the unicorn and he's a big man, a big dude. He ha- he's nice with the ball. He can shoot it, he can block. He considered himself one of the best block uh shot blockers in the game. He showed me uh some improvement leading to this game cuz Leading up to this game, that's the one I want to see. Was when you have no blocks in in the Laker game. I don't. I believe he had no assists, minimum amount of points. You need to help this young dude develop. You're young as well, but I feel like you've been in the league longer, and you need. If you're not going to give us what we need on the offensive side of the ball, we need you to be high on blocks. We need you to get. The most rebounds because you're almost seven feet. I could be wrong. How tall is Chris Stapps? Seven. I won't say he's like seven two. I could be wrong, but let me. Let, let me know. He he's a, he's a tall dude. I know he's taller than KD. He at least had twenty eight points, nine rebounds. He had no assists. I mean that's fine. I mean I would love him to to be able to move the ball. Uh, they have a majority of the time they have him at the three point line, um, just so he could be an extra threat from the three. He was 11-22 from the field. He had one turnover, five blocks. Loving it. I like the blocks. Five blocks is okay with me. 7'3", 240 pounds. 7'3"? He's 7'3"? Yeah. That's what Google's giving me right now. That's a big dude. Yeah, yeah. 7'3"? Seems a little high. 7'3", 240 pounds, 7'6", wingspan. Man, twenty four years old. Yeah, he's a, he, he's he's a young guy. He's young. I, yeah. I actually think he's. I, I I am gonna have to disagree. As far as what? I think he's a, he's a good dude. I, I want to say he's been showing out lately. Maybe not to expectations. He is with a, you know, a younger team. Mm-hmm. A new team at that. A new team, younger team. Mm-hmm. Uh this is his first year with the Mavs. Yeah. So. I think it's just gonna take him a little bit more to adapt and to be able to run the ball with them. Yeah, uh, get used to it. Get find get, some chemistry with the, with the new players. Get used to being uh, look at Doncic's uh, sidekick. Yeah, but I want to say, I want to say he's been doing good. I don't know if you watched the Wednesday game. Wednesday. Uh, with the Magic. They played the Magic. Yes, yes. yes. That was a good game. Yeah, it was. 
It definitely was. But that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I that's one. If anybody's out there listening or if you're listening to this, that's one guy you need to look out for. Because you know what Luca's going to give you on a, night, on a nightly basis. Yeah. The dude's had, like, I think every single game he's averaged over 30 points. Except for uh Memphis game. The Memphis game, he had uh, 24 points. But double digits. Every every game he's giving he's giving you everything. But I will tell you this: maybe I just hold Chris Epps to a higher. I won't say a being, higher pedestal. You, you being a little bit too rough on my boy. I I mean that's I mean that's that's uh, look. The Mavericks haven't won in a long time, and and with these two dudes that they come in. I mean, Luca was here first, but uh, with with Chris Epps coming in, I just expected. Uh, an explosive start, you know what I mean, and, and we're not off to a bad start. I'm not saying, um, but I, I just expected just a little bit more. Like I said, if you're not going to give it to me on the offensive side, at least show up on the on the defensive side uh, and give me some rebounds. You know what I mean? G- show me some blocks. And uh, on the offensive side, give me some offensive rebounds and throw it off. Like you don't necessarily have to have the the most points, but I want you to. I want to see your contribution to the team. As the games go, we uh, we lost. We lost to the Knicks, and I believe we shouldn't we shouldn't have lost to the Knicks. They were just a little bit more aggressive. Um, like I said, Chris Stapps had twenty eight points. They outshot us from the three point line. They had they scored fifty percent from the free throw. I mean, from the three point line, and we scored thirty one percent from the free, from the three point line. Uh, Marcus Morris had twenty nine points. Nine rebounds, three assists. He was four for eight from the three-point line. And Julius Randle was two for eight. He wasn't as good, but he still had 21 points, eight rebounds, four assists. So, you know, our bench gave us 30 points. Their bench had 27 uh, 27 points. Our starting five had 72 points. They had 79 points. So, you know, they outscored us. We are just too three-point happy. You know, Luka Doncic ranks eighth in three-point attempts. He shoots the three ball like free throws. And I saw a three-point shot that he had to where he was way beyond the line. Oh, I saw that. And he shot it, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, come on, bro. You still have – you are a good free-throw shooting team. Get to the line. Please just get to the line. He was nine from nine. He was nine for nine from the free throw line. Yeah. So you know, I expect him to get to the, to get to the line and and stay in the game. Don't let the game get away from you just because you, you feel like, you have to put the team on your on on your shoulders. Trust your teammates. Your teammates are there, to make plays and for you to trust them. If you look, I'm not trying to compare them, but I I might. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna compare them. Look at LeBron. LeBron, he trusts his teammates. Yeah, he could take it himself. He could shoot the three-point. I mean, he and he might miss it, but he always wants to make the right play. And I feel like Luca coming off of last season, establishing his, establishing his role in the team feels like, and well, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with him that he is the leader of the team. But when you rank second in turnovers in the NBA, that's not good. You're giving up too many balls. You're shooting reckless threes. That is, that's kicking us. That's hurting us. I expect a little bit of more uh, 
composure from him when he has the ball. Don't just try to take one one on one. Get your teammates involved. I want to see him play off the ball a little bit. He he's good with the ball at his hands, but I think you playing off the ball a little bit will will help your teammates uh, and help them give you the ball, feed you the ball because you're the best scorer in our team. Now, if your team gets you involved, it gets you in uh, in better scoring position. You are able to make uh, you are able to drive it to the paint and get foul, get fouls, get to the free throw line, and get ahead. Don't just don't just stand out there in the three point line, distribute it, and then just try and stand somewhere in the three point line and just take a shot. That's not always going to work. So I just expected just a little bit more. And it, the game was close. The game was close. The game was winnable versus the Knicks. Uh, then back to back, we played. Uh, we played Memphis. We ended up winning one thirty eight, one twenty two. Luca twenty four points, fourteen rebounds, eight assists, two turnovers. So you know he he was doing a little bit better on the turnovers. He wasn't turning it over as much. Uh, he still was two for six from the free throw from the three point line. Mm, not so good. He. He was four for five from the free throw line, so see what I'm saying? Like he's a good three point shoot, uh, free throw shooter. So I expect him to get to the line more. And in that specific game, the Mavericks were 80 percent from the free throw line. Memphis was 71 percent from the free throw line, 42 percent from the three point line, and they were 33 percent from the free throw line. So they were going back and forth up until like the fourth quarter. That's when. The Mavericks started running away with it. I would like to see a couple more um, bench players make impact in the game. In this game, Chris Stapps didn't play for reasons I don't know. Um, he maybe didn't want to play back-to-backs, or maybe they just don't want to play him back-to-backs uh, coming back from the injury. So, like I said, this was their first back-to-back in the season. So, giving them a rest. Uh, may have been the best thing, but I expect him to see. I expect to see him again. They play tonight. They play the Celtics tonight. Yeah. So, Gordon Hayward got hurt. He's out. Um. So I expect it to be a more competitive game. Is this an away game? Are they playing at uh Boston? I want to say they're playing at Boston. I want to say they're playing here. But let me check. Um. So, I want to see little less turnovers from Luca. More accurate three-point shooting. Don't be reckless with threes. They are playing at Boston. They're playing at Boston, right? So I expect them to do a little bit more on the offensive side as far as accurate uh, shooting. Um, And on the defensive side, I would like to see a little bit more blocks and rebounds. Make that a priority. You making that a priority, I believe, helps you uh, stay in the game. establish a decent lead and then you need, you, you want to shoot some threes from here and there then you're able to do it uh i feel like they were more efficient from the three you got justin jackson uh uh getting more involved in the three-point shooting tim hardaway jr was getting involved in the three-point shooting uh tim hardaway jr was f- uh five for nine from the three-point line so and he had 20 points so he was your next leading scorer um besides luca luca's Nine times out of ten, he's going to be the the highest scorer. He always just always has the ball in his hands. So he, if he has a clear shot, he'll take it. He's one of those dudes that that he hasn't met a shot he don't like. So he'll take it. It doesn't matter if if he feels like he's he's going to make it, he'll take it. So they play 
They play Boston tonight. Um, if I'm being honest, I want to say they beat Boston. Um, they need to beat Boston. They need to beat Boston. It's not more of a need. It's just I want to see you, um, besides coming out the Laker game, I don't think you've played a team that's a threat or a contender in the West. You know what I mean? And Boston is not in the West, but they're a contender in the East. And they're a good team. Uh, they have young talent. And I believe it's going to be a battle between Tatum and and Luka. I believe uh, I believe Chris Epps can establish himself as the Robin of the team and make a make a statement. I expect him to make a statement. I expect him to have at least a triple double, if not a double double, and coming off rebounds and maybe double digit points. That's my uh, realistic uh, evaluation on the Mavs. Still early. We're barely getting started. We're barely starting. Uh, the wheels are barely starting to turn. So I just have my expectations very high for the Mavericks this year. Um, so now with the Golden State Warriors being pretty much, you can say they're out of the playoff scene. So that just gives you an extra push. Like you can make it into the playoffs. Yeah. So that's just uh, my assessment on uh, on the Mavericks. I won't say this year they actually have really good chances to get pretty pretty far in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the goal. That's yeah. the goal, especially with these two guys that we have decent. Uh, no, we have a good we have a good squad. Decent backcourt, everything. I, I just feel like they they just need to analyze and and be more careful with their decision making when they're on the ball. Um, let's switch to. Another big game that happened this weekend, LSU, Alabama, one of the biggest games in college football. Uh, they were both undefeated at the time going into the game. Alabama was favorite because they were playing at Alabama. Uh, the only thing that kind of threw it off uh, was the the uh, Tua Tagovailoa's health. You know, he had got hurt, uh, I want to say two weeks prior. He had... Uh, surgery on his right ankle and he sat for two weeks he didn't play he didn't uh he was limited in practice he was on, under therapy and he was a game day decision but you pretty much knew that he was going to play just because of the magnitude of the game you would favor alabama with uh tua I think without him, I think the odds would have uh, varied. I don't know if I wouldn't say uh, LSU would have been favored just because they don't have the home field advantage. Um, but Tua did play against Joe Burrow. Me personally, I think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the country. Um, Joe Burrow was slicing and dicing first half. The whole first half, it was all... LSU, in my opinion, LSU. At the half, it was thirty-three to thirteen. Joe Burrow total. You know what? Joe Burrow at halftime had. Uh, I mean, LSU had three hundred nine yards. Alabama had one hundred ninety-six yards. So the pass game for LSU was way more effective uh, for um, for LSU. Um, 
Tua, 11 for 19 uh, passes completed. He had a fumble. He had an interception. Uh, he was all over the place. But, but you can't you can't blame him for having such an off start, him taking all that time off. Um, that's one thing that kind of, uh, kind of concerned me in a way, not just, uh, not just because of, of his health. Well, mainly it was his health because I can't see you taking two weeks off of competitive football and you're going into the biggest game of the season. Everybody has circled this game since the schedules came out. It was going to be LSU and it was going to be Alabama. That was the game that was going to decide the SEC. And the way I saw Joe Burrow play Texas, and at the time, people want to take the win uh, against Texas because of what Texas is now, but put in perspective what Texas was at the time when LSU went to Texas, went to Austin, and played them at their own house. It was a shootout between Sam Ellinger and Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow just kept coming all night long. Um he, to me, will go top five, top five uh, in the draft this year. So if you're looking at, uh, if you're looking at Joe Burrow, if you go back and you look at the highlights for the Alabama game and you look at Joe Burrow, just look at the composure that he has throwing the ball, uh, reading defense, reading the Alabama defense. He was cool, calm, and collect out there. Total, he threw for 393 yards. He was 31 for 39 catch attempts. He averaged 10 yards per attempt, three TDs. He had a 91 QBR. 91. He was everything and anything you wanted in that game. If you had, if you told me Joe Burrow was going to throw for 393 yards, three touchdowns, and rush for six, 64 yards, I would tell you they're winning the game. Because Joe Burrow for 393, that's outrageous. That is crazy on especially the, the, the Alabama defense. Because the Alabama defense, even though they lost, final score was 46-41 LSU. Alabama averaged 418 receiving yards. They rushed for 123 yards. The Alabama defense had five sacks. Five sacks on the LSU on LSU. Come the second half. Come the second half, um, you would think you would think you would see uh, a little bit, somewhat of the same. No, sir. If you know Nick Saban, if you know Nick Saban, like I said uh, last week, Nick Saban is the Bill Belichick of of college football. And and when you go into the half, God knows what he what he said in there, but I know it wasn't good because they were playing like trash out there. They were all over the place. They have. Alabama has one of the best, if not the best, receiving core out there in the game right now. Those those guys are going to be in the NFL. For sure. For sure. They have the best receiver in Jerry Judy. And what's crazy is that Jerry Judy was, he was doing his thing, but he wasn't the, the, the guy that stood out. He didn't stand out more to me. This is just me more than Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith has seven recessions for 213 yards. He averaged 30 yards per catch. When 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 Alabama came out that second half, they were coming to prove that no, we're not, we're not going out. We're not going out like that 
especially not the way they started. They started the most horrible way and the the worst way that they could imagine. Thirty three to thirteen at the half. Yeah. But I tell you what, Tua. He was twenty one for forty, catch attempts. I mean, for attempt his attempt, he threw for four hundred and eighteen yards, four TDs. He had one interception. He had a QBR of forty eight from zero to hundred. Joe Burrow had a ninety one. So you can you can tell who won the battle. But if you look at that second half, two is the truth, bro. Bro, they 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 played kind of like the Cowboys. They started real slow, but they they were a third, second half. Third, it was a completely different yeah, team. Yeah, it's a completely different team. Um, they were um, they had a they outscored LSU in the second half, uh, twenty eight to thirteen yeah. in the second half. But LSU did just enough just to win. They took the win. I, I believe they hadn't won like in eight years. Um, but I, I felt like this is LSU's time, LSU's time to win. And now if you know anything about college football, you know, that, that adds a wrinkle to the, to Alabama. Now their the win streak is taken. And if you know anything, like I said about college football, if you lose one time that destroys your season. Let me give you a quick um, a quick rundown of how college football kind of works in a quick scenario uh, as fast as I can for those uh, that are listening and, and, and don't understand what I mean when I say one loss. How can you say wait, one loss? If, if you lose one time, that, that kills your whole season. In college, yes, it does because you, got, you have your schedule. And if you your schedule is not competitive, um, that, can, that can kind of hurt you if you – Go undefeated through your whole schedule, but your but your schedule is not competitive. Now, if you have one competitive game in that schedule and you lose, that's that's bad because you can't make up for that. Now, in LSU's case, they played Texas at Texas, they played Florida, they played Auburn, and now they played LSU. That's four big games. Um, that's four big games, and and they've won. Alabama doesn't have that luxury. They haven't played anybody that you can say is worth any of those wins that LSU has. So now you have a one-loss team. You join, um, you, I think you join Oregon. You join Oklahoma, Georgia. Those are the ones that I can think of the top of my head. Uh, Penn State. Uh, you joined. And now that you have a loss, you have to depend on your rival in your conference. Hoping they don't lose because, for instance, Alabama has to play Auburn. Auburn has two losses. Auburn has two losses. So if they lose, they play Georgia this weekend. If they lose to Georgia, if they lose to Georgia, Georgia lost to North Carolina State. If they lose, that just makes your win over Auburn look like nothing. Like it didn't count. Because you beat a team that lost to a team that wasn't even ranked. 
So it's very imperative that you win every single game. And if you lose a game, let it be close. Because if you're at least competitive in the loss, that can maybe make an argument for your your place inside the college football playoff. The college football playoffs is the Super Bowl of college football. The only thing is that you can only put in four teams. That's it, four. And if you're undefeated, you have you you increase your chance of making it into those four. And but your your like I said, your schedule has to be competitive. That is brought up in the committee. Committee gets together and they rank your schedule, your performances, and what uh they analyze how good you are and the way they see you. I still believe with that one loss, Alabama still stays in the top four. As of right now, you're looking at LSU number one, Ohio State number two. This is just me. LSU number one, Ohio State number two. Number three would have to be... Number three would have to be Clemson. And number four would be Alabama. But Alabama has a... Has a... uh, has a little chip on their shoulder just because of that one loss. They're on the outside looking in because Baylor right now is undefeated. Minnesota is undefeated. But then the committee has to ask themselves, if they play either one of those teams, do you believe they win? Absolutely. Alabama smashes both of them. No questions asked. But what if you, uh, when you talk about Oklahoma, Oklahoma is also as good. So what do you do there? Do you compare them? Are you because if you do, if you evaluate one team, you got to evaluate the other team the same way. So it's kind of it just making that argument. If that's exactly what the committee is going to be saying, and that's what doesn't make them a clear cut, solid entry to make it into the college football playoff. Me personally, I would like to see Alabama in there just because they're just a fantastic team. I would like to see them against one of the uh, the best teams in the game right now, Ohio State. Ohio State, Alabama will be an amazing game. Amazing. I'm talking about this is if you don't watch college football and you want to see a game, you watch Alabama versus Ohio State if, if the game is made. Because like I said, nine times out of ten, it's going to be LSU, Ohio State, Alabama and Clemson, those four teams that will be in the college football playoff. Um, like I said, big game. That was a huge game. And it, it lived up to the whole hype because there was talks about that game majority of, for the past month, I would say. And uh, it was it was classic. It was one of the best college football games thus far that I've seen. Um, me being biased, I would say, uh, next to Texas OU, Red River. But this game was, was everything and every and anything that you would ask for. It was fantastic game. I'm glad LSU won. I was going for LSU. The game was close, 46-41. So, like I said, you can make your, your argument on, uh, Alabama still being able to make the college football playoff. If it were me, I would put them in. But um, but that's up to the committee. I believe the rankings come out tomorrow. 
and uh and we'll see from there what uh what the committee thinks last but not least we have monday night football tonight you got uh seattle seahawks versus the san francisco 49ers if you're making uh if you're willing and you're going to put money on it who'd you take i'm gonna say the 49ers the 49ers yeah i say the 49ers take their first l today and they will go they will lose their win streak and I want to say they play Arizona after that, Kyler Murray, again. And from what I saw them when they played Kyler Murray the first time, I wasn't really too impressed. And um, and Kyler Murray has one of the worst teams in football. I believe, me being bold, taking a, a leap of faith, I believe San Francisco loses their next two games, which is Seattle tonight. And they will lose against Kyler Murray, against Arizona again. I just can't see San Francisco being what what the hype is about. They've just been good this year, bro. I'm, I don't I don't like them as much as the next guy, but they've been proving themselves. Yeah, but like I said, when they played Arizona, I want to say right now they're matched as the favorite, seventy five to twenty four. Um. I'm just going off the stats. Yeah, that's 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 what it is. Uh, I believe the Cowboys were favored to win against the Vikings as well. So you just using the eye test and not going based off stats. I believe see the Seattle Seahawks are they have a much better quarterback. They do. They do at that. A quarterback. They do. They're quarterback. Yeah. And the quarterback is the most important part of the whole team. I just feel like Russell Wilson. We'll do everything and anything to win this game. Where's the game at? Do you know? The game will be... I want to say it's, it's going to be, be in Seattle. It's going to be. I want to say it's going to be in Seattle. But um, but I believe... No, it's going to be in San Francisco. It's in San Francisco? Yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter. I still believe... I still believe Seattle wins. I want to say it's going to be a good game, though. No, it is. It's for sure. For sure it's going to be a good, uh, a good, uh, a good game. Quick side note, Lamar Jackson MVP? Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah. Well, dude's a baller. If you saw him last night, if you haven't, go on YouTube and look at his highlight from last night. I'll tell you, he played one of the worst teams in football in, in the Bengals. But that dude is for real. He's for real. I think he's going to be... Uh, a better quarterback than Michael Vick, and I think Michael Vick has been my favorite quarterback since I saw uh, since I first started watching football back then. And I think he's going to be even better. And what's crazy is that Lamar Jackson is in year two, and he hasn't reached his full potential yet. And people are already talking about how good he is, how good he can be, and and who he's already better than. I just feel like his ceiling is high. If you saw him at Louisville, this is not a surprise. He won the Heisman as a sophomore. So it's not a surprise. I'm rooting for him. Um, I think he he has very, very um, high ceiling. And, uh, yeah, he has my vote for MVP for right now. But, you know. What do we know? You may agree, you may not agree, but that's the whole point of this podcast. 
It's the We Could Be Wrong podcast. We'll catch y'all next week. All right. Be safe. One love.